Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Fellas and... Feliz and everyone in between, as we always say. As we always say. I like um I recently posted something about gentle thems and theydies, and I was like, I'm about that. That sounds Whoa. super fun. <laughs> so well, maybe we should throw that in the mix every now and then. Like a salad, just kind of toss it in. Just when we're feeling really poised and professional, which is very rare. Except today. I feel it very strongly. <laughs> okay. Hi, Christine. How are you? I'm great. I'm uh, I'm still on the computer and uh, I'm still apparently Wizard of Oz style on a big <laughs> monitor in front of M. Okay, I'm Kim Possible. You're the Wizard of Oz. Um, basically, so yes, we're still figuring out like the best way to do this where I'm looking into the lovely eyes of the viewer right now. However, Christine is like down here. And so every now I'm like, hello, Christine. It looks like M's on a throne, like truly. I'm not going to. I didn't tell Looking them to down. change it. I I just said <laughs> keep it this way. I like it this way. And also, you are as you said, Wizard of Ozing right here. So like, I've got several situations of where I'm looking, and none of them are at Christine. She's just like here for the ride. Do you guys know what M said earlier? M literally said to someone helping with the with the visuals and stuff. They moved the computer closer, and M was like, "Yeah, bring Christine a little closer, as long as it doesn't ruin my aesthetic." And I went, <laughs> "What the." I see what I mean to you. Uh, even from Ohio, you mean very little. <laughs> Don't worry. In case you forgot how much I miss you. I'm like, I love you enough. Just stay over there. I love you the right amount, the regular amount. The exact perfect below average <laughs> amount. Um, also, we were just talking about Cheesecake Factory again. If anyone is currently listening to us and eating Cheesecake Factory, we're very jealous of you. Um, mm-hmm. Also, Cheesecake Factory, please sponsor us. Christine, take it away. How are you? <laughs> oh, you keep looking at your paper. I'm like, it looks like you're about to read a statement. I I know. I know. I'm nervous about this story. I'm nervous because, um, so the story that we're doing for this episode uh, is a little shorter than normal, but someone um, recommended it and it's like 
I'm surprised that I've never heard of this story and I'm kind of fascinated by it. So I'm nervous for how I'm going to present it, but it'll be fine. Well, I know you said it's short, but like we'll make it not short. So don't worry. That's Um, a darn fact. (laughs) I do have a couple. Okay. Uh, First of all, speaking of Ohio, it is thunderstorming here, which is something A, I'm not used to. B, Gio's not used to. So if there's strange noise of (laughs) of the thunderstorm. Yeah. It's like good until Gio starts crying in the middle of the night. And then I feel like I have a newborn baby. But um, otherwise, it's all fine. Every mother is yelling at you right now, by the way. (laughs) I know, including my own, who just hates when I say shit like that. Um, So, okay, I do have a couple corrections um, that I've been meaning to say, uh, and I'm going to just bundle two of them together here. Let's do it. So they're both, I think they're both my fault. So good for me. Okay, well, it was either (laughs) you or me. So 50-50 chance. (laughs) So the first one um, was from episode 176 when I covered the case of Kendrick Jackson. Um, I mentioned in the beginning the Lowndes County supervisor, Harry Sanders, who had these like really horridly, blatantly racist comments. Oh, yes. So turns out Harry Sanders is a supervisor of Lowndes County, Mississippi, mm. not Lowndes County, Georgia. I see. Okay. And a couple people have like pointed that out to me. Some people in the areas who were like, yeah, he's a shithead, but like he's Mississippi's <laughs> shithead, not Georgia's. And I was got like, it. Okay, okay, got it. Um, and then someone... Someone also made a really good point that like mixing those up was really not good research on my part, which is very true. And it also kind of feeds into the larger problem of what we were talking about, which is like, you know, taking the South and bunching them all together as Mm. like one big group and one problematic group, which is definitely not what I was trying to do, but is kind of what I did by just assuming Lowndes County, Georgia was this, you know, so I just, I wanted to point that out and apologize for that. And, um, I am not trying to umbrella term the South at all. Um, and so I apologize for any frustration or, uh, irritation that I caused with that. I have a hunch. We still love you. So I think, I hope so. I think you're good. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other one was one that, um, so I also want to add that, like, I rarely look at my DMS, um, on Twitter or Instagram, I'm just very bad at keeping up with them. And then the second they start building up, my anxiety just like also builds up and also (laughs) builds up exactly like a nice little chart and, um, hides, hides that whole folder in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. So I, that's how I'm discovering these things. Somebody pointed out a while ago when I covered heaven's gate, I mentioned the international society for Krishna consciousness also called Hari Krishna. And I just like kind of offhandedly referred to it as a cult and someone um wrote in and was like hey that's hurtful and also ignorant and so I was like okay gotta do some research I'm ignorant too I also I didn't know that okay got it so we're both at fault on that one but you didn't say but I mean I appreciate it but you're not the one who blatantly said it out loud so I will (laughs) also like equally there could be the argument that I didn't stick up I didn't say anything against you so we're both it's both our show it's both our problem yes Anyway, they, I look, Em's just going to jump under the bus with me and it makes me very happy. So thank you. Blind em. loyalty to this one. And also, <laughs> and also like, I'm just in like a very good mood. So like, if someone said I did something wrong, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm in a great mood to apologize. Like I'm like on top of it. I mean, you're literally on a throne. So yeah, there's something look- about the, again, the aesthetic, like Christine isn't here <laughs> and I have a throne to myself, so I'm feeling good, but no, I understand that is, it was fucked up of us. 
Yeah, it was something I should have been more careful about. And um, ISKCON, which is the International Society for Christian Consciousness, is a legitimate and respected branch of Hinduism. You can go to ISKCON.org to look at more information on that. And I wanted to apologize again if I my kind of flippant comment hurt anyone. Um, and those are my those are my like personal corrections updates. Okay. Um, and then I just have a true crime update on uh, the Golden State Killer. I don't know if you want me to do that now or after. I want you to do it after I make my update Great. because it's a perfect sagu, if you will, into what I have to say, <laughs> what you just did. So I have to apologize for something. I have to oh. apologize to you and to myself and really to Allison um, because uh, – Yes, to all the people screaming at me across every platform on social media, I have I have seen the way, and I uh, I have learned, and I know you've probably seen it too by now, Christine, because people were screaming at both of us that apparently the Blues Clues wardrobe is not the Blues Clues wardrobe. Oh, I I listen blind loyalty. I ignored every single comment and thought M knows what what they're oh, talking about. I had about. blind loyalty to this complete stranger too because I actually like in the drawers there were barcodes for that like were prop companies that I know of, and so like oh. she even showed me like oh no this is and to be fair like it genuinely could have been on the Blues Clues set and been like logged away in their prop catalog as like like oh this is the Blues Clues wardrobe, but it apparently looks like it's so cartoonish it could have just been purchased for like apparently it's from ikea and it's what? like apparently it's this um not expired outdated it's like an old model that you can't it's get like no, no longer in season exactly in vogue. it's like not in stock anymore but it used to be years ago probably during blues clues um oh and God. i guess uh and i did check it is on it was an old ikea item but I will stand by the fact like it probably was purchased by a like a set decoration buyer and saw it at oh. Ikea and was like, this is like obviously cartoonish enough that it could fit on the set. Um, and it really did have like as someone who like was in the prop world, I can tell you it had like valid stickers on it that it was part of the set. So I think the person I got it from who also got it from someone else who got it from someone else legitimately just heard it's from Blue's Clues and I fell for it without looking Aww. up Ikea backlogs. So um, unfortunately, it's an archived item. But I'm still going to say that it, literally it's the only one that Steve interacted with. That's what I'm going to stand by. And people can be mad about it, but I don't care. Well, you know, I saw people mentioning that in the Instagram live. Um, yeah. And I kept being I kept seeing it. And then I was like, if this person thinks we're just going to like open this baby wide open in a in the yeah. ne next 10 minutes that we have left, like I'm going to put this again with my DMs <laughs> in the back of my brain and hope it just someday like explodes out of my head. It also happened on uh, I for those of you who don't know, I still do Marvel Mondays every uh, every Monday at five Pacific Standard Time and where I watch a Marvel movie and answer your questions while I indulge and there was so many people screaming at it at me about it during Marvel Monday. And I was like, look, if you know that I'm clearly ignoring these, like just assume I'm going to say something later on the show. <laughs> so anyway, I'm sure like about 3000 people who were used to be blues clues or Ikea fans, um, have let me know <laughs> in the last week. So, uh, I, I hear you and you were right, but I'm also kind of a little right. At least that's what I'm going to stand by. Oh man. Well, it, the, it, the, the thought and intent behind it is what matters. I will also say like, it, it's tough because, you know, like you said, the person who had it before you probably thought legitimately that's where it was from. And yeah. like, 
the problem is with the show like this, it's not a problem. It's, well, it's very much a first world problem, but the problem <laughs> is like, we can't delude ourselves because people will be like, Hey, exactly. you're wrong. So we can't like f- fake things. Cause people will point them out even if we want to believe them. And maybe I'm just like easy to trick, but I don't think the person selling it to me thought she was like conning me. I th- she legitimately seemed like she wanted to go to a sure. good home because of it's like, history historical value <laughs> well now we've added some weird fucking history to its story <laughs> so if anyone wants to buy it in 20 years like if this particular wardrobe had like a wikipedia page we're now attached to it um but <laughs> that's like all i could ever ask for i do want to i haven't even told allison by the way so she's actually hearing she only listens to our podcast while she's showering so i know she's showering right now and allison i'm so sorry that i made you drive all the way to santa Ana and take a you're u-haul hear just to like pick a it ripping up. She's going to rip that shower curtain down and come punch you. I'm going to hear the, the glass shattering on the door and be, I'll know I need to run. <laughs> anyway, thank you for all oh, your hard boy. work that apparently meant really nothing at the end, but <laughs> it made us happy for a week. <laughs> well, um, my, my being in the box was not faked, so nobody can pretend that was not real. That one was very genuine. That was actually, that box was from Ikea, so you need to watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> The box is actually an old burrow couch box uh, that I happen to fit in. So <laughs> as genuine, it was genuine, genuinely from my garage and probably filled with spiders. So mm-hmm. anyway, well, thank you for your honesty. Thank you. And thank you for the gift. Mine, mine was definitely less brave of a, of a, <laughs> of something than as yours. <laughs> but no. um, anyway, but to be fair, I mean, now we've probably attached plenty of ghosts and spirits and haunts to it so oh yeah it'll have its we'll own still history. ruin its its uh <laughs> reputation in some way we'll find a way to really like <laughs> stick our name to it so. oh boy by now you've probably heard about burrow a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs durable materials and details that make life in your space easier Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. 
Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So tell me about, I've been hearing about this on Instagram Live. I heard about it in Marvel Mondays. I was very confused, but I assumed you would have something to say. So I did not look anything up, but apparently there's something going on with Eurons. Correct. Okay. okay. So I'm very excited for this update. This is like the third uh, time we've talked about a topic on the show. Definitely like, a record breaker for us. It is. It is because we had the original Golden State Killer Eurons uh, episode year. I don't know how long it was, probably like 2017. Mm-hmm. And then we had an update in 2018. And now we have the 2020 update, which wow. is probably not even the last because I'm sure. Well, I'll just tell you the update and then you we can decide. But okay. <laughs> Or like the rest of the world can decide, not me. I don't know why I get to decide, but yeah, you're not a throne. This is so <laughs> I don't have a throne. Okay, this is um, an update on the Golden State Killer, aka Original Night Stalker, aka Eurons, aka Vesalia Ransacker. Um, so, as many of us know, back in 2018, uh, a free genealogy database led authorities to Joseph James D'Angelo, who was subsequently arrested in connection to the Golden State Killery burglary. Sorry, killer, burglary, rape, killery. kidnapping. Oh. Killery. <laughs> Very killery, though, of him. Very yes. killery. Uh, <laughs> the Golden State killer, burglary, rape, kidnapping, and murder sprees of the 70s and 80s in California. So as of this recording, this is according to CNN, as of this recording, uh, yesterday, June 29th, 2022, nope, 2020, Jesus, Lord, <laughs> this is why I never became a real-life reporter, I suppose. LOL. Um, Joseph James D'Angelo has officially pleaded guilty to 13 counts of first-degree murder and special circumstances, including murder committed during burglaries and rapes, as well as 13 counts of kidnapping, and he acknowledged more than 50 rapes that he was not charged for because of California's statute of limitations. Wow. Yeah. So basically, the Golden State Killer allegedly has now become the golden state killer officially um by by uh pleading guilty so his plea means that his victims can give their impact statements starting august 17th which is much quicker than if he had gone to trial um because this might have taken like 10 years for this to go to trial he's very old he's very frail so i don't know if we'd ever would have even gotten to that point right but now because he has pleaded guilty um witnesses can start giving their i'm sorry victims can start giving their statements in august which is great do you know how old he is now like exactly like what age he was born 1945 he is 74 wow okay wow i mean that that makes sense because when we one of our updates in 2018 was we had just gone to crime con and we got to we met the youngest victim of his yes that's right? so true yeah 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 exactly she was 13 at the time or something i think so and was now like a whole adult so yeah it's really crazy and many of them and that was before he had been caught yeah so many of them are still alive um and and are like it's really great that they can see you know justice be served or be vindicated they can be vindicated 
Um, and it was like people were nervous because when he was, uh, you know, sitting there, he looked extremely frail, like he was and people were like worried that it would kind of give him an edge that he looked so kind right. of old that and, you know, fragile. Yeah, or just like not take him as seriously. Um, so that was a big concern among some people. Um, there's the thunder. Oh, my goodness. I loved that. Oh, I got <laughs> I got chills like, from across the country. Me too. Oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of an update. Um, according to CNN, as part of the plea deal, uh, prosecutors from the counties where D'Angelo committed his crimes read the specifics of each offense, laying out horrific details about him binding, robbing, raping, sodomizing, beating, and killing various victims. And after one double murder in 1979, a prosecutor said D'Angelo snacked on leftover Christmas turkey from a victim's fridge and like left the bones behind. And I mean, there were those stories where he would stack plates on the male partners and say, "Uh, you know, if you if one of these drops, I'm going to murder your wife or girlfriend while I'm in the other room assaulting her. And so there's just a lot of details that um, were kind of confirmed during this. And he also agreed to plead guilty to avoid the death penalty. So he'll likely serve 11 consecutive terms of life without parole um, with 15 concurrent life sentences and additional time for weapons charges. And his sentencing is also set for August. So I wonder while he's still alive, if there's going to be, I don't know if this is even like, I know nothing about the forensic world. So I don't know if this is like something people do or like something I just want them to do, but it'd be interesting to have like a, like criminology like psychologists like just studying the shit out of him now that they know like they can ask him all the questions they want to right build up his the profile that profile. he created for future perpetrators or well that happened with ed kemper where they just you know the mind hunter and everything they were able to just gather so much just evidence of him telling his own anecdotes and like right feelings and thought processes it's it's very creepy so yeah you're right it's like an insight um, into like a really big motherfucker. Um, and I, as that's what CNN said, not me. Um, <laughs> CNN don't sue us. <laughs> Please. That's Christine's news network, by the way, if anyone's that's wondering. That's like the Michael Scott, Wayne Gretzky thing. Yeah. Where it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. CNN, Christine Schieffer, Christine Schieffer again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, he was a, so what we did know, I remember the most shocking thing when they arrested him uh, through DNA was that he had been a police officer during the crime. So right. it's also timely in a way of like, you know, uh, a police officer facing justice for crimes. I mean, it's just a very wild year. So did I, I don't know if this was part of the original story or if this might be something that comes out now, but do we believe that since he was a cop, he was like one of those situations where he was, uh, investigating his own crime and helping like keep people off the scent i believe yeah i believe so and i think he also had his own intel into like what people were looking for Mm. and um that helped him kind of reroute so that he could avoid being caught um so he was able to have like insight into what people were suspecting and and what evidence they were collecting and Sorry, I didn't mean to like challenge you on all your questions. I just don't remember the story. It's so fascinating. I love the the story so much. And HBO has the um their series uh out, uh Michelle McNamara's book. Um, what's it called? Oh jeez. Uh, uh I'll be gone in the dark. I don't know why I can never remember the name. Um 
so that was an awesome book, but now HBO is doing a series on it, which is really good. I just started it. Um, and so, yeah, it's just really cool. And it's still very timely, even though it happened so long ago. Um, and the fact that so many victims are still alive and can kind of give their peace is really great. And, uh, the, I mean, part of the reason that they weren't able to catch him is that he was, they didn't even know it was the same person because they had the Vesalia ransacker that they had. And so it was like Northern and Southern California and they weren't sure if it was the same guy. So it's just very crazy that this is all happening because of DNA, which I find so fascinating. Anyway. Sorry. Talk about updates, huh? I know. Right. So that's the, that's the big crime update. Um, okay. So this story, what I've got the one I'm very excited for. I don't know how I've never heard of this at all. Um, it is a, I don't know what it is. It's a phenomenon. Uh, it's not necessarily a ghost. It's like kind of mythical kind of lore, kind of a true story, kind of a demonic possession. It's weird. Oh, it's a lot of things. Everything but like aliens. I'm intrigued. Everything but Bigfoot and aliens. Um, okay, so this is the story of Cornelio Closa. Hmm. Hmm. What could that mean? Apparently, what is that? He's also known as the Invisible Boy. And he's also apparently, according to one article, it's known as the Peter Pan possession. What? Um, so this is in uh, the Philippines. This is in 1951. And Cornelia Closa is 13 years old and he's walking home from Zamora elementary. And this is in Manila. Is that how you say it? Manila. Mm -hmm. I always want to call it, um, uh, Mania because I always think there's two L's and then there's not. So, (laughs) and then I, I'm, I'm stupid and ignorant. At least you got your phonetics, right? Manila, like the folder. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're good. Manila like vanilla. (laughs) Um, Okay. So in Manila, uh, in the Philippines, he was walking home from Zamora Elementary and he's walking back with his friend named Rodolfo. And apparently when they were walking through an open field out of nowhere, uh, Cornelio, who I keep wanting to call Cornelia because. I know. Um, Umpoela. Okay. Agricola. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Okay, (laughs) Rama. it's Um, never not funny i don't know why (laughs) i guess in this case it's okay uh un espectora as un puer nomine cornelio wow you really pulled that out of your ass i don't even know where that came from latin's my first language so (laughs) um wow that's a diss when uh they're walking through an open field cornelio stops dead in his tracks and he apparently just goes fully catatonic and Rodolfo oh. ended up saying that he had a super pale face. His eyes were basically bulging out of his eye sockets. Um, and then literally out of nowhere. Uh, so Cornelio like points into the middle of the field where nobody is. And he says, don't you see that girl? There is a girl <laughs> and she's floating and she has really long blonde hair and she's wearing a white dress. And when he looks, he's like, I don't see anyone. And like that he just disappears like Cornelia literally just vanishes in thin air like just is gone like teleports no (laughs) and so and Rodolfo's just in this field by himself now and he's like okay I gotta go (laughs) what the hell do you even do (laughs) gotta blast and so uh he starts sprinting all the way home and he goes he tries to go to Cornelio's house to tell his parents what's going on and Cornelio's already there whoa and keep in mind, Rodolfo was like 
sprinting. So there's no way Cornelio got there before Holy him. Holy he, like, shit. He literally teleported. Okay. Um, and so apparently Cornelio was still in a weird daze. He said that when he saw, but he remembers seeing the girl and being in the field with him. So like Rodolfo did not like have a fever dream. Like this all really happened. Oh, okay. Um, and Cornelio said the girl floated over to him after he saw her in the field, floated over to him, spoke to him without ever moving her lips. Absolutely not. No, thank you. Um, and touched his hand. And when she touched his hand, he said he felt incredibly light and all of everything around him just kind of faded away. And that must have been at the uh. same time that he <laughs> disappeared from Rodolfo. And then he like woke up in his house. Okay. And uh, so after this, apparently Cornelio is no longer the same, which who would be? Uh, yeah, right. Truly. I mean, probably Rodolfo wasn't either, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. I have a hunch Rodolfo also is not the same. <laughs> I have a hunch their friendship was also not the same ever again. Can you imagine if all of a sudden I just go boop and I'm just gone? And then I'm like, let's go back to normal. And you're like, and then I like I find you at so. Linda's house, like in your childhood bedroom. And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was just in the field with you. I was oh. in the field and someone talked to me without moving their mouth. You're acting weird. Okay. Um, so Cornelio apparently was originally a very happy boy and it, Pretty quickly after this uh, event, became very angsty and irritable, and he started causing a lot of trouble at school. Um, so one article said that he even started acting like an animal. Um, oh. And he would go from causing problems uh, at school or even at home to just blankly staring at the walls and sometimes even attacking his father. Um, oh, no. His mother is quoted saying, uh, <laughs> I tried everything. I was so kind to him. I tried being harsh with him. All I knew is that I'd lost control of him. And uh, I thought he probably, it was probably the bad company he was keeping. So I decided to practically imprison him at home. Cornelio refused to study. He would sit in one corner of his room. He would just sit there staring at his plate, refusing to eat. Oh, and they're like, the bad company. Poor Rodolfo is like, stop blaming me for this. <laughs> Rodolfo's like, I didn't make him leave the field. Like, <laughs> it's like, leave me alone. Oh, poor Rodolfo. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. 
Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace Courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So he also, that wasn't an isolated event, so Cornelio literally began just vanishing all the time. Oh, wait, sorry. I was not expecting that. <laughs> no one was. That's why I wanted to make sure I said it. So, uh-huh. yeah, he started vanishing and then, like, reappearing all the time. Like, th- that's why I'm wondering why I've never heard of this, because it was right. public information. Like, he could not control it. Like, his parents saw this happening. Like, his classmates saw this happening. What like, the fuck? He just fucking disappeared all the time. Um, okay. So... He said he would only, so this is Cornelio, he said he could only vanish whenever the girl came to visit him. So he couldn't do it on his own. It was just when the girl was around. Um, But when she did show up, he said he himself did not feel real anymore. He didn't feel like he was himself. Oh, no. So this is also, apparently Cornelio said that the traveling, that's what he called it, the traveling, um, Traveling all the time made him so hungry that he started. This is where it gets kind of complicated because I'm not sure if it's teleporting or astral projecting or jumping or like into different interdimensional. Realities. Yeah. yeah, it sounds almost like time, like quantum time leaping. Yeah, and at different times, um, these are direct quotes from Cornelio's family. By the way, like these are um, years later, he ends up doing an interview about this. Um, and at different times, it sounds like almost like he was a ghost because okay he would travel but he could see everyone around him it got to a point where he knew where he was but nobody else could see him and he would just be invisible so it's like is it invisibility or is it going away or is it being there yeah because if you're still witnessing what's happening but no one can see you it's like you vanish to some people but like you're still there but also hmm. other times so let me just read some of these quotes to you and you you gentle listener um tell me you <laughs> gentle you come up with your own baby. opinion gentle baby um so cornelio said that the traveling made him hungry all the time and while he was in this stage or in this phase or whatever um he because he was also causing trouble at home, remember? He would get so right. hungry that he would completely empty out the fridge and the pantry just to spite his family. He would also, <laughs> uh, he would hide his dad's glasses and slippers in odd spots for the week just truly to bother him. Um, and then he, so stuff like that is kind of silly, but then Cornelio later said, um, sorry, quote, I began taking money from neighbors, even strangers. So he's not like, invisible or vanishing and robbing people um okay (laughs) i I began taking money from neighbors even strangers if i was caught 
in like the real world if he started like acting up and doing the stuff when he hadn't vanished if he was like right. continuing to do the stuff he would fight back and start acting animalistic again oh um i was becoming really sickly and pale i was hungry but i could no longer eat i would put food in my mouth and i would spit it out i began breaking dishes and glasses i wanted to break and smash anything i touched oh my god so it's like when he is here he's not himself at all and then um when he's traveling around with this girl that's floating around him, he's more at peace doing kind of goofy stuff, but he at least doesn't feel sick anymore. He's just taking people's money. He's just taking people's money. <laughs> to be fair, though, like if any of us turned invisible, I feel like we would probably engage in like not so legal activities, just like spying on people. Percent. I mean, you and I would just spy on everyone. I'm not going to like I would. I'm not going to say for legal reasons, this is a joke. But like, <laughs> it, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like if I became invisible and I knew I could get away with it, I wouldn't think about robbing a bank. Like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't think I, I would think about taking money if I knew I could get away with it. And here I am going like, oh, I would like spy on my mom. Like, I'm like what would I do? And you're like, I'd rob a bank. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to my mom. That would hurt my feelings. I, no, I couldn't do that either. I don't, I don't want to hear the, the gossip about me. I just I don't want to know what kind of gossip, what kind of nonsense she's spewing, but I would, <laughs> I would look in her bank account. I just to see, just to see, maybe just out of curiosity, maybe take a fiver. Who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe go to cheesecake factory. Oh, you and I would probably listen. This is a joke for legal reasons, but like <laughs> the cheesecake we could acquire by any means necessary. If we uh, could would... all of a sudden just pick up an entire cheesecake, just scoop it up <laughs> and then just go away. And then we didn't go to jail for it. I would and do that every day. If the two of us were in this together and one of us got caught, I mean, it would just be the ideal operation where we could just Talk trade off, you know, unstoppable. We would just be each other's alibis every time. Okay. Oh, we're the cheesecake too much. we would eat. Oh, if you're a, if you're a cop, we said literally nothing. That was all <laughs> actually an April Fool's joke in June. Okay. Um, so anyway, he's off the fucking charts, whether or not he's in this realm, he is not acting right. Um, so he also, like I said, he started to uh, vanish whenever he saw the girl around. Um, and whenever he, remember I said earlier, whenever he, she was around and he was in this like astral plane of some sort, um, he didn't feel like himself. But he also says later that he no longer at least felt sick or tired or hungry. So it kind of sounds like they were feeding off of each other energy wise. <gasps> like they were helping each other, you know. Um, and his being rowdy and troublesome was also going into school. Um, his teacher actually said that Cornelio who used to be a great student was now a nuisance to a point where she didn't even want him in her class anymore. Um, and he was like, great. Bye bitch. And he then, was like, like I didn't want to be here either. <laughs> <laughs> Cornelia Puer out. <laughs> okay. Un espectora is no Puer. Oh, <laughs> no boy. Okay. I probably didn't say that right. I'm sure you said it exactly correct. Don't. We'll find out. It is your first language. Someone open up an Eke Romane book really quick and tell me. Um, <laughs> so the teacher's account, uh, this is actually mentioned in a book called Alien Entities, which was, I think, written by um, a guy I'm going to mention later in this, in this, in my notes. Um, but the book is called Alien Entities, and apparently the teacher's account is in here. Uh, the teacher says... 
The strange thing about the fights that Cornelia would get into, it, because he's getting rowdy, as small as he was, he would take on three or four boys larger than himself, and together the larger boys could not hold him down. He had superhuman strength. A few days later, I called him to the front of the class to give, the le- to give a lesson, and he went to the blackboard, stood there for a few moments, and then simply evaporated. And I was terribly affected by these happenings in my class. Well, obviously. Well, yeah. <laughs> I decided before I lost my mind completely, I would resign. <gasps> she quit? I remember how the chain of events made Cornelio laugh and laugh. It was a hideous kind of laugh. It did not belong to a boy. In fact, it belonged to no human being. Oh, no. Is this like her talking to her therapist? It sounds like it. Maybe her therapist is the book Alien Entities. But this is just too much. I also don't blame her at all in that. Can you imagine like you're a teacher. A boy comes up to to the board, literally just fades away. And the first thing you do is go, I'm out. Like, I don't blame her at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. That's the nope. first thing I would do. That's like babysitting a kid who's talking about demons standing behind you. It's like, well, I'm gone. This is this, this has been, been fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't, though. It hasn't really been very fun. But thank you anyway. Uh, so uh, Cornelio is still hiding things from his family. He's now breaking furniture. He's growling at people. He's continuing to steal. He's like just straight up like skipping class. Because no one can control him. They can't say, like, go to school. He'll just go, okay, and then, like, fade away and then go somewhere <laughs> sure. else. So, like, he's, like, sneaking out, sneaking out of the house. He's literally evaporating out of the house, not going to school. There's nothing the parents can do. What? Apparent, at one point, his dad was, like, nailing windows and doors shut. And I can only imagine Cornelia was, like, rolling his eyes, like, you're so stupid. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to walk through the wall anyway. What the hell? And by the way, he did start doing that. He started not just evaporating and fading away, but he would walk through solid objects. Um, and apparently whenever this would happen, there would be a really awful smell where it left everyone else <gasps> in the room, like throwing up. Ew. So let's keep in mind, he has superhuman strength. He's irritable for no reason whatsoever. <gasps> he all of a sudden oh. isn't hungry or tired or sick when this being is near him oh no he's growling at people he's breaking things he is leaving a really putrid rotten odor anytime he does something pretty supernatural that's a great a demon that's a great a demon that's a great a plus demon um and apparently cornelio got really really good at vanishing to a point where he was now not coming back for several days on end um so oh my god his parents were like I didn't see this in the notes, but I imagine they were like, do we put out a missing persons report or do we just hope he'll end up like he'll come back? Yeah. (laughs) Was he like, cause if he'd be gone for days, like, and he wasn't on the, the, it was, you know, not the human plane. Like, was he just starving? Like, was he disappearing? I'm glad you said that because I'm about to tell you. Oh, great. So, uh, (laughs) so he started getting really good at vanishing. Um, he was, uh, going missing. And there were days where, like, there was a really, probably not funny to them, but funny to me quote of, like, the family would just all be together playing a board game. And then out of nowhere, he would just, like, not be there anymore. And then everyone just throwing (laughs) up in the room because it smells so bad. And then three days later, they find him sleeping in bed. And they're like, what is going on with my fucking kid? And he stole all the Monopoly money. I was going to say, what a great way to get out of losing, you know, like losing the board game. That's true. 
Imagine being so competitive that when you see like your chances are kind of low, you're just like, I'm out. Goodbye. You end up in jail on Monopoly and you just are like, fuck this. I can walk through the damn wall. So uh, he also begins losing more and more sleep, which is causing him to have more violent urges. Um, And in an interview, when someone asked, like, what were you doing on these random planes? Apparently the interviewer was Christine. Cornelio (laughs) said, uh, this is kind of... um, he was answering a lot of questions at one time. So he says, sleep for me was almost impossible. I would perspire profusely. Okay. Well, that's Christine. Well, wait, hold on. (laughs) It seemed as if my clothes were burning. Then if I would open my eyes, there would be the face of my friend looking at me, beckoning me to follow her. Goodbye. Every time her hands touched me, I would feel as if I were floating on air. Then I would be gone from day. uh, I would be gone from home for days. I could not explain to my family just what was wrong. The girl made me promise I could not tell. I just felt tremendous heat in my body. Whenever anyone spoke to me, I would answer rudely or shout. Um, And I did not want to snarl, but I couldn't help myself. When no one bothered me in the house, I would just sit and wait for the girl. (gasps) So he's basically when he's on this plane, he's doing nothing but like almost feeling like, um, he's feeling like lost without her and like feeling this attachment that needs to be there. And then when yeah. they are together, they're going on really fun adventures. Oh no, no. To no. almost entice him to want to hang out with her whenever possible. So he said that a lot of times they would literally go out to the movies or go out to eat. They were like going on little friend dates to cheesecake factory. I bet, I bet you a million dollars literally at restaurants. They would vanish before having to pay the bill. Well, okay, this explains everything. So that, again, makes me wonder if this is, like, being invisible or if this is teleporting because it seems like she's almost, like, uh, floating him away to a different location just for him to be visible again and have these experiences. And then when it's when it's convenient, then he's invisible. I don't understand. Right, like, is he talking to somebody when he's sitting there eating? I don't know. Yeah, you I don't know what I mean. Like, I would think, why would you need to vanish before the bill gets there if you've been invisible the whole time? Yeah, can't you just take the cheesecake out back and eat it there like Em and I would do? That's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> can't you put it within the trunk with the other cheesecakes that we've been stealing? Right. <laughs> and then go to the bank where you steal the money for more cheese. It's a whole, listen, we have blueprints. Don't worry about it. I'm just going to grab a fiver. I don't know how many times I have to say this. <laughs> um, but no, I, it's, I don't understand entirely if he's invisible temporarily or if he's actual projecting to these restaurants because like other people can't see her right right i mean we know rodolfo's story he couldn't see her yeah so i don't know i just know that he's at restaurants and at movies when he should be in bed and then he's also not coming (laughs) home for several days also she's probably a demon (laughs) also demon and also cheating at monopoly so it's all around bad a lot of things are going on here so Whenever he was not near the girl, he would feel moody, hungry, and tired. Whenever she was around, he felt fulfilled. Um, And he wasn't, uh, uh, oh, his parents were trying desperately to keep him to, uh, his parents were desperately trying to keep him going to school instead of skipping. And so they started bringing him, like, in person. They started taking him to school because they couldn't trust that he wouldn't just, like, vanish (laughs) once he, like, stepped out of the house. Yeah. and even then, I imagine there were times where they were walking, like, down the sidewalk to school, and he would just leave, and they'd be, like, on the sidewalk by themselves, like, <laughs> where's my kid? 
This is um, awful. So his parents took him to doctors who could not help. They literally just said, like, essentially a boys will be boys bullshit line. Okay, great. Um, they also took him to a welfare center and a juvenile center. They literally had, like, correctional officers tying this kid up, like, oh. in, like, uh, solitary confinement because they're trying to figure out what's going on with this kid. Who, like, by the way, like, I don't know why the parents aren't grasping that, like, he can just vanish like no physical bound vines are gonna like keep him down <laughs> yeah but nobody's like doubting that he can disappear like no one's saying like no it's fake they're just saying like we're just trying to hold him unless you've got some like kryptonite rope that's holding him down like it's not gonna work but <sighs> so there was literally nothing anyone could do so they ended up sending him back from like juvie essentially um and it got to a point where they just kind of gave up and they were like, I guess this is just what we live with. But keep in mind, they weren't even so worried about him vanishing all the time. They were just worried about how like he was progressively getting worse and worse and angrier and more violent. And so they were like, yeah, we don't want to live in a house with this kid. But a year went by, things kept getting worse. Nobody could help. So eventually they go to the church. Cornelio's dad, I guess had lunch with a pastor and the pastor heard a demonic voice coming from Cornelio and said there was a devil inside of him. And different articles told me that he actually tried to help. Um, like, I guess he like put his hands on Cornelio and Cornelio like vanished through his fingers. So the pastor was like, uh, okay, so I, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> oh, what to no. do. So the, the pastor was like, I know someone else who could probably help. And so he, got uh cornelio in touch with an evangelist missionary named dr sermal a uh, sumrall sumrall um who also i think wrote alien entities and dr oh. sumrall uh decided that he was going to invite cornelio to his church but as cornelio said in an interview later quote as soon as i entered the church doors I saw the girl standing there at the threshold. Only this time she was not pretty, but rather her features were twisted and horrific. Okay. So okay. the girl was probably slash absolutely a demon in disguise because <sighs> was such a wonderful gal to hang out with until all of a sudden you walk into a church and then she's like all warped. Ew. Well, I mean, you always tell us, like, talk about how they'll present as something like cute or as something like approachable so yeah. that you, so you're vulnerable you get attached. You're and, vulnerable. Yeah. You will like allow it to like leech onto you. So Vomitous. that's exactly what happened. And Dr. Sermal knew that something spiritual was, was wrong and immediately like that day performed an exorcism on him and Cornelio never saw her again. So. Oh, what? It, really? That was it. Like Dr. Sermal, like if you're still out there, I know this was like in the fifties, but I want to take notes from you really quick on a few things just to make sure that we're always safe. Uh, but so, yeah, he never saw the little girl again. He says he originally assumed that the little girl was an angel um, until he realized that she did not like him in a church. Uh, mm. And this interview happened, I think, 14 years later in 1965. And Cornelio gave a full interview um, of his experiences to the United Press International. And Dr. Sumrall also wrote a story. I think he wrote a documentary uh, about this too called The Invisible Boy. And he, this is a quote from Sumrall himself. 
The story of the invisible boy is true. I hired people to check out the validity of this story, including policemen who took signed affidavits about it. We investigated the whole matter very carefully. We didn't want the slightest possibility of falsehood or misrepresentation in it. We investigated the whole matter very carefully. Um, it is interesting to note that a religious leader, Reverend Baker, traveled from the United States to the Philippines just to verify facts of the case. He later discovered that it was all absolutely true. Um, and Reverend Baker said, quote, no doubt this is the greatest miracle outside of the Bible and as great as any miracle in the Bible. <gasps> so, whoa, I don't know. It, you know, you could argue that like because they were like they probably wanted to see something or they wanted help or maybe they wanted to make a documentary and they could have obviously like exaggerated some of the story. But I mean, a, a lot of the story I told you were direct quotes from Cornelio and his family. You could take it one of two ways, one that this is entirely true. You could also assume that like maybe Dr. Summerall like wanted to have a story that like really like upped the ante or like really made him look good when it comes to like being a, a servant of God or whatever. So yeah, it could be exaggerated, but most of the he things, wanted a promotion, right? <laughs> right. He just, I don't know what that promotion He's is. Like, he, I want to be Pope. I want to be an angel. Um, but apparently most of the things I said were direct quotes from Cornelio and his family. So unless they were like co-conspiring with the priests, yeah. you know, it, it's, it sounds like the parents were not having a good time and were not enjoying themselves. So that's what I, that's what I see. I mean, it's hard <laughs> to believe because I literally cannot believe this, but, um, I want to, it sounds really interesting. I just don't know why it's not more popular if, especially if like someone is still around and openly talking about it. Yeah. I'm surprised there's not like more lore around it or like more stories about it or more movies. Or and I, there's only like five or six articles. Like it was like compared to the, the hall of information I usually sure try to break down there really wasn't too much out there wow so, at least in english there was there was a few sites i couldn't read so well i guess we've just added another source to the story there you go all right so i have a story for you and it's uh it's a doozy um is it one i know i never know them but is it one i know i don't know because it's it's very current like this month mm. current oh maybe i have a chance okay Perhaps. So I was initially going to do um, Tamla Horsford, and I've actually done most of the research and notes on that. But then I found out Crime Junkie and Morbid just released episodes on Tamla this week. Mm. Um, also, guys, sorry, like you weren't here for this, but I ran down, downstairs to shut Gio up because he was barking so much at the thunder, literally. So I'm out of breath because I'm really out of shape. This okay. is why I don't want like everyone... I swear every single day I get at least 10 comments from people like, why don't you have your own dog? And I'm like, cause I might have to run upstairs. <laughs> cause you like watch me that and you're like, no, thank awful. you. So anyway, I was going to do Tamla Horsford. Um, I've done a lot of the research and notes, but then I found out crime junkie and morbid released episodes on Tamla this week. So I'm going to like wait a few weeks to kind of spread it out a little bit. I mean, sure. it, it's just cause people get really upset when, two crime podcasts release on the same day as if we all know each other's schedule in advance we don't i promise it's okay a while a couple weeks ago i got yelled at for uh plagiarizing last podcast on the left because we both put out jeff the talking mongoose within like the same couple days and i was like oh yeah why on why does that mean i'm plagiarizing because i because we well, just i think you did the same episode I, that's the thing that drives me crazy is like i mean i wish i were friends with those guys well enough to like know what they were covering right um also it's like not like obviously. all of us like 
get together and like have like a um like a board meeting and we're like okay so we're all going to release the same story at the same time that'll really piss them <laughs> off like piss <laughs> like, everyone off we don't need to i know but yeah so i i just don't want to you know whatever i i want to do a different story and oh, i'm also sure it's frustrating like when you like let's say people their top three favorite true crime podcasts are ours morbid and crime junkie and they're like god damn right. it like the same story over and over again and that happened one week with my favorite murder like early on when we were doing the show and i i don't know how it even happened but the same week we released um the same exact crime story as my favorite murder and people like this girl like wrote in we didn't even have a huge audience then but this girl wrote in and was like i will never listen to you again and i was like <laughs> why that's i didn't do it someone all. said they'd never listen to us again after the jeff Ataki mongoose and i was like if that's the thing that makes you so upset in this world like i don't it's know wild. how to help you that's <laughs> okay fine so and i i did want to mention it too because a lot of people are requesting it so i do plan on covering it so do not worry it's on the roster i'm just holding off a few weeks because i mean we might as well tell the story in a few weeks when other shows aren't covering it anymore so sure we'll just wait on that but because of that there was this like fateful conflagration of events. Whoa. <laughs> Holy, is that a real word? I've never, you know, you're a real asshole for telling me that English isn't your first language and then you pull out <laughs> shit like that. I don't even know what you just said. What, what does that mean? Conf, say it again. A conflagration. I think that's a word, right? I sure hope so. Otherwise you're going to look real stupid. I currently <laughs> look really stupid if it is. A it real says word. an extensive fire, which destroys a great deal of land or property. <laughs> metaphorically that's kind of our podcast just a goddamn nightmare just a disaster <laughs> oh my god that is like not what i meant <laughs> you know what the fact that you knew that word existed makes you I smarter think I anyway conflation like they're two combined yes okay sorry i meant conflation like when two things conflate wow okay whatever you know what's i meant conflation there's a few people i love as much as you one of them is chris evans and uh <laughs> the two of you really like to throw out some wild words and like I always try to watch any interview that Chris Evans does because obviously like Captain America's the only man for me. And uh, every time I listen to him talk, I'm like, I kind of don't know what you're saying. Like he's so smart. <laughs> and you just made me feel like that. I was like, wow, are you Captain America? Apparently I didn't even use the right word. So like, whatever. I mean, I'm also the one who. Okay. So you're like knock off Captain America. I'm like knock off. I also said donator that one time and pissed everyone off. So I meant conflation. English is not my first language. And there sometimes it I, get, is. I add extra <laughs> syllables where they don't belong. <sighs> full circle there, Christine. Okay. I am so full rhombus. I, yes, <laughs> that's rhombus. me. Um, so I apologize, but I meant a, a series of events conflated uh -huh. and uh it it turned out that this story actually was like very topical um even maybe more topical than tamla um Ooh. simply because i know we're rounding up june i mean today is literally the last day of june that we're recording this this does come out in july um but listen pride lasts all year long right em i mean let's just Ain't that the darn truth? <laughs> let's oh just, my let's goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Let's pretend I'm making a statement by posting my uh, pride stories later. Well, isn't June. this, I know uh, I am not as, um, oh, what's the word? I, you tell me. Conflagration. Uh -huh. No, there's a, uh, I haven't been keeping up with a uh, gay Twitter recently, which like, I fucking love gay Twitter. If you don't follow mm -hmm. it or queer Twitter, I don't know if they've changed their name, but uh, like not cisgender straight Twitter where everything is very sassy and about uh, uh, queer lives. Um, but 
they usually at the first of every month will regularly talk about how it's like a different pride month. So like, yeah. we just like, I think this, we've now gone into wrath month or something like of different oh. sins. Oh, I don't know wow. how to, how to phrase it properly. Cause like I'm, sloth. Yeah. Like there's like different, like <laughs> there's like, like the month of gluttony and the month, but they make it like, cause if there's pride month, you might as well oh, have wrath month fun. and things like that. So Oh, this is for sure Wrath Month. It has been. We find reasons to uh, celebrate with or without pride being part of the title. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, so this will probably inspire some wrath. Um, Perfect. Let's go with with that. Okay. Uh, So this was originally going to be like a one, like two stories in one. But as I, because I didn't think there would be as much information, but as I did the research, it became clear that both stories to me, I think deserve their own episode. So this is the first time in history that I'm doing a kind of two part. Oh, hell yeah, Christine. (laughs) Also, this works super well because we're recording two episodes back to back today. So I'll actually know what you're talking about next week because it will still be fresh. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Well done. So it's, Thank, well, thank you so much. Yeah, this was going to end up being like four hours if we did one uh, at a time. And that just was, I was not going to make you do that. Um, I see. So, and make myself do that and make all our listeners do that. So I'm going to do a mini back-to-back series discussing the murders of Dominique Remy Fells and Rhea Milton, who are two black trans women who were murdered the same week, like literally within the same 24 hours. Okay. Um, this June. So currently this month, when this comes out last month, um, at the start of Pride Month, during the midst of the Black Lives Matter protests and demonstrations, and during the anniversary week of the Pulse nightclub shootings Oof. four years ago, just like uh, maybe it is a conflagration, like a giant. Actually, fire, I guess. wait a minute, you've really stumbled into something. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. That's what we do on the show. We stumble into things and pretend like we did it on purpose. We stumble until we land and stick it like we always meant to, right on our faces. Yeah, gravel in my face. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm going to start this week with the story, and this is a heavy one. I mean, they're all heavy ones. I know that, but this one's very fresh. So just a warning to everybody. Um, I'm going to cover the murder of Dominique Remy uh, Fells this week, and uh, I guess let's just fucking get into it. Let's crack into it. Let's crack into it. Okay, so this takes place in Philadelphia, um, the Schuylkill River. I looked up how to pronounce it. Ooh. Uh, On the evening of June 8th, 2020, the body of 27-year-old Dominique Remy Fells was found in Philadelphia's Schuylkill River, having been dismembered and repeatedly stabbed and beaten. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, it's a rough one. And I, like, as much as I'd heard probably from queer Twitter or other places where they were just, like, you know, headlines coming out and um, other places as well, but obviously it was very relevant in some of the, like, communities we follow, um... I didn't know the details and like how gruesome some of this was. So I was very like okay. surprised by some of it. Um, so she had been dismembered and repeatedly stabbed and beaten. According to Out Magazine, both of her legs had been severed <gasps> mid-thigh. Oh, no. I know how you don't like disembodied No, feet. I don't. And also, I I know we say this a lot, but when you tell uh, true crime stories, usually – usually they're several decades away and so right this probably isn't fair at all but my brain is able to kind of categorize it as something that like oh that doesn't happen today and yeah. the fact that this is literally what 22 days ago uh yeah. makes it feel more 
real. And it's part no, of, you're to- also you're part right. of my community also. Yes. Yikes. Yeah. No. And it's, it's just like, yeah, it's very current, very relevant, very fresh, um, which you're right. I mean, even if it's not necessarily accurate, it makes it feel worse to swallow, like just harder to cope right. with. So I will give you that caveat for both of these episodes. Um, but so both of her legs were severed mid thigh, initially leading authorities to suspect she may have been run over by a train. <gasps> so that was like the initial thought that like maybe she'd been laid on a train track and oh, that's how no. her legs had been severed. I know that was the initial. Like intentionally laid down on the track. I don't think they knew whether it was intent. I mean, I guess she had been stabbed. So yeah, probably. Oh shit. Okay. So, Fuck. So that's, that was the first thought. Um, and they actually were not able to find her legs at first. Um, and according to NBC Philadelphia, it wasn't until authorities were conducting an unrelated search for the bodies of two teens who went missing in the river that same week uh, that dive teams discovered Dominique's legs in bags in the same area where her body was found. So her legs were eventually found. In bags. So that was for sure intentional. Yes. Okay. Just so we're right. clear. Okay. Yes. So now it was confirmed that it had been fully intentional to uh, get her legs off her body. Okay. Um, so now this is where things get really like wrath inducing. I mean, obviously they already are, but it just gets worse um, sure. as it tends to do on the show. <clears throat> so Dominique was originally misgendered by six ABC and Philly voice. And this led to confusion and a delay in identifying her as a victim. And it took police days to figure out who she was, who the remains belonged to, Um, According to the Philadelphia Gay News, it was sources from the Morris Home, which is a recovery residence for transgender and gender nonconforming individuals who realized that the victim was one of their own. And they were like, that's Dominique. We know her. Um, She's like one of our own. And she was described by one friend as a unique, beautiful soul. She was the older sister of three kids left behind two parents as well. Um, Friends and family said they were beside themselves over the loss, obviously. Um, Her aunt and uncle... I mean, this is the best name I ever heard. Jermise. Ooh. I know. I love it. G-E-R-M-Y-C-E. <gasps> okay. I love that. Aunt, or Aunt Jermise and Uncle Roland. Um, they were interviewed and they said Dominique had a promising future in cosmetology and had a personality that could brighten any room. Aww. So as soon as Dominique had been positively identified, that's when tips started to come in from friends and acquaintances. Friends reported having seen her arguing with a man shortly before her death. So that was kind of the first like real clue as to what may have happened. And on June 16th, an arrest warrant was issued for 36-year-old Akhenaten Jones. And he's described as an acquaintance of Dominique's. And as far as I can tell uh, in the most recent news sources, they they describe Jones as wanted but not in custody yet. Um, So this is, again, like unfolding now so this may have changed by the time this comes out sure um but as for right now excuse me um he is there's an arrest warrant out but he has not been taken into custody yet but detectives did stop by at his home Mm -hmm. and they found several things um several alarming things including drugs a hazmat suit blood stains (gasps) a grinding tool covered in blood and a saw oh Uh, okay yeah which is uh, what they believe may have been used to dismember Dominique. So the train theory apparently did not hold up. Okay. Um, police believe Jones is not currently in the Philadelphia area, but law enforcement officials hope he'll ret- or that he'll turn himself in before they're forced to search for him. 
um, according to Action News. And obviously, Dominique's family are urging anyone who knows where the hell Jones is to come forward and, you know, bring him out because he's in hiding right now. Um, and in response to the arrest warrant, Dominique's aunt, Jeremy, said, turn him in. This was a gruesome death. How anybody could do this to another human being is just so heartless and cruel. No mother should have to go through this. And I'm speaking for my sister-in-law. Wow. So it's so that's like the most recent news. Uh, police haven't released any further details regarding the murder and whether or not they believe it was a hate crime, though advocates insist that black trans lives are not being protected, especially considering they're among the most high risk of becoming victims of violent crime. So at that mm -hmm. point, it's like, well, 2019 alone saw at least 26 transgender or gender nonconforming people fatally shot or killed by other violent means. Um, and that was within 2019 alone. They explained... Um, they say that they say at least, sorry, because too often, obviously, stories go unreported or misreported or misgendered. Right. Uh, Dominique herself is believed to be the 13th transgender or gender nonconforming murder victim in the U.S. this year. <sighs> yeah. Sadly, not surprising. No. And that's the most horrific part, like in 2020 already. Um, reports from the HRC also show that at least seven transgender women have been murdered in Philadelphia since 2013. And there's that at least again. Um, so Tatiana Woodward, Woodard, excuse me, is a transgender activist and community health engagement coordinator at the Mazzoni Center in Philly. And, uh, she is a black trans woman herself. And she told reporters, it's a risk to be living in our truth and live who we want to be and authentically, uh, in response to Dominique's murder. And the city of Philadelphia's Office of LGBT Affairs, which is headed by also a black trans woman named Selena Morrison, released a statement on Fels's death as follows. As thousands take to the streets to proclaim that black lives matter, it is critical we remember that this includes black trans lives. Mm. Dominique Remy Fels' life mattered. We are reminded with this and countless other painful losses, especially within our transgender communities, that there is much left to do until we achieve full equality, respect, and support for us all. The murder of transgender people, especially those of color, is truly an epidemic and a crisis that we cannot afford to allow to persist any fur any further. Let us uplift her memory together. So it's just like the most horrifically heartbreaking and like frustrating. Th I mean, it's literally like you said, twenty two days ago. Yeah. Uh, of right now, and this is part one of my two part series. Like, great. Ooh, I, yeah. It's yeah. It's just awful. I can't. I don't know how people can be so cruel and a with the really horrifically ironic part is that without black trans lives, the yep. queer community entirely would not be where they are today without them. And yet they're the ones most in danger at all times. Right. It was so frustrating. No, you're totally right. Because even seeing like during, um, all the demonstrations when people were posting like, Oh, like you need to make change with peace. And like, people were like, do you even know about Stonewall? Like, know. Do you know anything about how anything has happened in this country? Like not by peace. Have you considered doing Stonewall soon? That'd be a great story. Yes, that was, but my favorite murder just covered that. Oh, so fuck. Well, I've had to be very like, uh, <laughs> intentional about like choosing stories that will spread out. One day. And, I mean, it's a good thing because it's like, it's good, you know, other bigger shows are covering it sure um and so that way i can like you know cover it in a few months and it'll still be i mean it'll always be timely right like, timely is kind of a shitty word in some ways but it'll always be timely until all of a sudden everyone has equality which that's <laughs> yeah. who knows when that'll <laughs> all fucking of a happen. sudden <laughs> right <laughs> all <sighs> of a sudden so that's kind of the big uh 
the big story of it. I mean, anyone with information regarding Jones's whereabouts, unless somehow all of a sudden, quote unquote, he is captured by uh, next week. Geo, God damn it. Do we know at all how quickly she stopped being misgendered in the press? Or um, you know, I d- I think it was relatively quickly. Okay. Um, I think that like it was kind of one of those things where it trickled down, and then when kind of news outlets got a hold of now the story was that this this trans woman is being misgendered. That added you know a whole obviously layer and element to the story. So I think it that's kind of when it became um corrected on a, on a totally personal and selfish level. Like I cannot imagine something that horrific happening to you and then in death you're still being disrespected and like exactly people not doing their due diligence and like figuring out how you should be honored yep and i mean it's it's just like traumatizing all over again for the family and it's like an extra layer of trauma for friends and family who are like that's not even my sister or you know yeah like she would have been so hurt to see this or feel this or whatever so horrified i mean like fyi like if i go anyone listening if i go like make sure they use my right fucking pronouns in the press if i if the press even feels like i'm worth being written about but like i'm the press i'm christine news network cnn whoever is like on site and sees it happen just fucking tweet out to all news outlets like by the way before anyone writes anything these are right pronouns which by the way should be a system that everyone goes by not just if you're queer like it every normalized pronouns 2020 i don't know how else to make this so clear everybody needs to know pronouns and like the worst part is we're literally more than halfway through 2020 and like well not working yet (laughs) all right 2021 looking forward to try again (laughs) somebody literally brought up um, for like the millionth time today on Twitter and I was finally like maybe I should say something that in like the first episode of the year I w- went on this rant about how everything's so great this is our year things are <laughs> going to be so positive like they literally quoted parts of it and I was like oh no Yikes. and it was like and then I literally said at the end I hope I didn't just jinx 2020 I'm like what okay, have I well, done thanks Christine for everything that's happened this year you're so welcome <laughs> um so my bad well, My bad. thank you guys for listening. Uh, Wait, oh, no, there's more. There's, there's more? more? Oh, Sorry, the story's not over. I was just kind of... Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Keep it up. Okay. <laughs> what is sorry. it? Sorry. So, this, what is it? Okay, well, <laughs> the, the story itself is over, but I have, like, um, you know, some ways to help and contribute and oh, that oh, kind oh, of oh. thing. Okay, perfect. So, anyone with uh, info regarding Joan's whereabouts is urged to dial 911, um, contact the PPD tip line at T15686TIPS, or you can submit an online tip. Um, you can also contribute and help in other ways. So Dominique's GoFundMe was set up by her family to cover funeral c- costs, but thankfully has already reached its goal and has been closed. Um, but there are obviously so many other ways to help support Black trans lives. Um, there are tons, but I'm just going to list a few that I know of personally. So the Ochre Project uh, provides resources and meals to Black transgender people across the world, and you can donate and check them out at theochreproject.com. The TGI Justice Project fights against imprisonment and human rights abuses of transgender, gender variant, and intersex people, and you can figure figure them out. You can look at them at tgijp.org. Then there's the Solutions Not Punishment Collaborative, which is an Atlanta-based organization working toward abolition, uh, and they provide financial support, organizing, and direct action training, an internship program, and more to the LGBTQ plus community, and you can see them at snapforfreedom.org. And finally, the Emergency Release Fund, and they use donations to bail out those facing pretrial detention, prioritizing the release of those in the LGBTQ plus community. 
and you can see them at emergencyreleasefund.com. And I will say I uh, found a really long list um, on Harper's Bazaar, and they listed a really long list of resources where you can directly help and support uh, and protect Black trans lives. So I'm going to have um, Eva put that in the show notes just to link directly there, and you can go through like the entire list. I mean, it's obviously not an exhaustive list, but there are a lot on there that you can kind of see which ones speak to you, I guess. Um, and then I guess the only thing I want to <laughs> say uh, is as a, you know, cis woman myself, I know, obviously, we're all discussing this in the light of literally everything that's going on the past couple months. But, you know, check your biases. Um, even like I saw MU posted something today that was really cool on Instagram that was like, even if you're like anti-racist, even if you're this, that, the other, like, we all have internalized shit that we need to this is not what it said. This is me paraphrasing. No, no, no. But, you're, but you're right. And that, I'm glad you said something because that is one of the things that I'm currently struggling with the most during everything yeah. that's been going on in the last few months is like I've really had to look at the things I used to say and do when I was younger. And like I never at all saw myself as homophobic or racist. I'm sure most people don't, but like right. I still acted in really ignorant uneducated ways and I would like to make the caveat that I was younger and the times were different but like that doesn't that's still not an excuse it was still wrong I just didn't care to educate myself at the time and I'm I hate that um about myself so the only thing I can do at this point is be a more educated person and be aware that like yeah I grew up with some weird indoctrinations that I'm not proud of and it's all of our responsibilities now to try to get ourselves away from those prejudices yeah. that we were born with or not born with but were raised with sure yeah and like surrounded by and I mean I think even just looking back and saying like oh that's how I used to behave but I feel like there's times now too where I look at myself now and I'm like okay I gotta like really come to a realization that I'm doing things now that I don't right. necessarily even realize where I'm like oh no I'm so different from 10 years ago but it's like no there's still shit that that's there that needs to be addressed um I said this to you um last week or whenever we had our sleepover, but like, I realized that I've had, uh, I still had some like internalized prejudice and, um, just like, I guess more conservative beliefs than I was like, than I'm proud to admit only a few years ago. And like, yeah, luckily like this podcast being friends with you moving to LA and a much more progressive world. Oh my God yeah. has changed my LA life. Helped. <laughs> Dating Allison, who is like the just like desperate oh, yeah. to save the world in so many wonderful ways. Like I have just surrounded myself with so many people who helped me like check my privilege and check what I was saying out loud and like didn't even realize how it could be hurtful mm -hmm. to someone. And again, I was never outwardly hateful. I never thought of myself as hateful. I just said things that like I grew up in such an entitled white world that like I never thought to educate myself because no one around me was telling me that uh, that was necessary. Sure. So it's been really, really, you know, it's scary because we're in such like a cancel call out culture. Mm -hmm. um, I like hope I never get canceled because of some stupid thing I did when I was 12. But like, it's also I'm so glad that I'm educating myself. It's better late than never. So if you're yeah. not doing it, please, I we encourage you to do that. It we just urge be a better you. version, a better version of yourself. I think some of that internalized stuff is even more dangerous, not more dangerous than the blatant stuff, obviously, but it's definitely still pretty insidious just because, 
Yeah, um, it perpetuates it's the stuff we yeah, it perpetuates uh, the bigger stuff. And then it also, you know, doesn't necessarily get addressed. And so yeah, that's kind of something that I'm also really trying to be conscious of, um, you know, so we, let's reroute our thinking and also, um, also be be actionable about it. Be anti racist, be anti transphobic, um, call people speak up, fucking vote, by the way. Um, <laughs> and so on the last day of pride, <laughs> For humanity's sake, please normalize fucking pronouns. I promise you the world's going to be so much happier. Your grandchildren are going to be thankful for it one day. Who your grandchildren are going to be like, thank God I didn't have to, you know. Do it for your grandkids. Yeah. So do it for the grandkids. Um, that's what so we should just start that. doing. Okay. Do it for the grandkids well, as like 20-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> one day they're going to look at us and, oh, you know what? We have footage that they're going to probably listen to one day and be like, Okay, well, I see where you were going with that. <laughs> they might be, they'll probably look at that and go, wow, they were misguided because who knows what the fuck in 50 years were probably I so know. wrong about. But yeah, so anyway, I want to put like also say everything that I'm referencing as far as links and stuff um, will be in the show notes. I, I like put a little, I'm rarely this organized, but I made sure to keep like an actual list uh, for Eva. So that is the story, my friends. Um, and thank you, Em, for for having to sit through, you know, a really dark, heavy, heavy topic. Uh, yeah, but when people need to hear. So uh, thank you so much for uh, listening uh, also to our rant at the end. But it was, again, <laughs> something people need to hear. And uh, I guess visit us on that's why we drink.com. You can uh, submit your listener stories there. You can find out pretty much anything you need there. We also have our uh, happy hours on Instagram live every Thursday at 3 uh, p.m. 3 Pacific Standard PM. Time. Yes. And um, 6 Eastern. 6 Eastern. Uh, I also have Marvel Mondays. Um, Christine's doing her own thing on her YouTube channel, Xteen Files. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. We're having fun and we miss each other, but, you know, we're working with what we got. <laughs> and that's why we drink. Yay. And normalize pronouns. 2021. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.